sectional times, jump out reviews, format track work. Unless you're a real form analyst, you don't have time to read into these things. But here on Racing with Robbo, this is going to be the most relatable horse racing podcast that you'll ever listen to. We're going to preview the upcoming weekend's races and we're going to recap the weekend's races that have just gone past. But they're not going to be from a form analyst point of view. They're going to be from the point of view of an everyday punter who occasionally has to chase his losses. So if you work all day during the week and you can't afford to check the form guide endlessly and check sectional times, this is the podcast for you. So strap yourself in, because this is Racing with Robbo. Hello and welcome back to Racing with Robbo for the third episode now of this series. Um, I am your host, Daniel Robbo Robinson. Um, Today we're going to be going through a stacked little podcast. We're going to keep it nice and short today, try and get get the times down on these so that um, more people can listen to them and not be not have a drag to listen to it for the 55 minutes like the first one was. So we're going to try and keep this one nice, short and to the point because that's what I believe from feedback is what everyone wants. Um, so getting straight into today's podcast, we're going to be recapping last week's Caulfield Cup and, of course, the Tab Everest. Uh, we'll then go through some of my horses that I think we need to watch going forward from last week. Uh, we'll preview the Manicato to be run tomorrow night at Mooney Valley as a predecessor to Saturday's 100th running of the Cox Plate, which is set to be a cracker. And then at the end of the uh, end of the podcast, we have a little new segment it's called Battler's Tips. Um, so we're going to get a I'm going to pick a tip for the weekend and also my mother, Lisa, We'll pick a tip for either this weekend or something. In this case, today's episode, she has a trifecta that we will be putting in our battler's tips. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Starting off with the Caulfield Cup that was run last weekend. Um, Obviously, one, if you were paying any attention by very elegant out of the Chris Waller stable. Uh, Mark Zara jumped on board again after their great run in the Turnbull Stakes, and it has paid dividends because they have got across the line in an absolute cracker of a Caulfield Cup. Couldn't have asked for it any better. Would have been lovely to have crowds there, but um, obviously due to COVID restrictions, they couldn't get that. So very elegant got over the line from in second, Anthony Van Dyke, the international raider who was the top weight at 58.5 kilograms. Ran a very, very solid race. Nothing to complain about there and looks good going towards the Melbourne Cup in a couple of weeks. Almost got there at the, oh, probably at 150, I thought that it may have got there, and I think a lot of people thought it was going to get there, but very elegant. Uh, stayed on well, even though, surprisingly, I don't know how this happened, but Mark Zara lost the reins. He dropped the reins. So very elegant was running basically on her own steam. Zara had a little bit of control, giving her a push, but a lot of the control was done by very elegant herself. Um, and he, she pinned the ears back, picked up the pace, and Anthony Van Dyke just couldn't get there, even though I thought she thought he was going to get there for Aiden O'Brien and Hugh Bowman on board and the International Raiders once again 
thought they were going to get another Caulfield Cup to the name in third, and this was an absolutely stellar run, the chosen one. Now, this was very unexpected. It's a high, very high-priced horse coming into the race, but he put the blinkers on for the first time, and boy, oh boy, whiffy, did it work. Now, the chosen one likes to, he likes to lead. He likes to get up near the front. So he sat sat in behind the leaders in fifth for most of the race and then just stayed on, took the rail as they started to fade out of the front, and he just stayed on really well. Obviously, it was no match for Very Elegant and Anthony Van Dyke, who won, won clearly, but uh, the chosen one it was a very, very good run. Um, obviously, Murray Baker and yeah, Murray Baker and what's his name? Andrew Forsman. Oh my god, I'm getting really bad at these. All the words excite me. So yeah, Murray Baker and Anthony Forsman, uh, Andrew Forsman. Great training performance by that. The chosen one's been around for a while, a uh, couple couple runs deep into this preparation. So was really very surprised to see that. And congratulations to them on their third. In behind them was Prince of Aaron. Then came Finch Avilius, who we'll talk about a bit later. Buckhurst, who's the other international raider. And then down the order, there wasn't a lot more to see there. Um, interesting to see that Dashing Willoughby, who Michael Walker jumped on board of, finished at the tail of the field. And um, if he had have stuck with his rides from last year, he would have got a fourth on Prince of Aaron. Instead, Jamie Carr has led it to a beautiful fourth position and will ride at an absolute treat come Cup Day in two weeks' time or whenever it is. So that about, yeah, so that's the Caulfield Cup. Um, wasn't a lot to talk about. It was a very, very rough race. Um, at the corner, there was a lot of horses. As they turned into the straight, we're getting a lot of checks. Um, Finch in particular, so was Avilius. And um, in behind them, obviously, a lot of the horses that were up near the lead at the start just started to fade out the back and obviously coming through the pack in a big 24-horse field, that just affects, um, sorry, not 24, 18-horse field, that just affects uh, what happens. Um, you know, pl- uh, horses trying to get runs up through the middle are getting tampered with and it just makes it real messy. But, look, there's not a lot you can do. Um, so it was a very, very good Caulfield Cup and I wish people could have been there to see it. But, you know, that's that's life, and hopefully next year we'll get a bigger and better Caulfield Cup with crowds on course. So, yes, that is the Caulfield Cup basically wrapped up um, in a short little moment. There's not a lot to talk about. I mean, very elegant was better on the day. Best horse on the day, and it won, and it's won two in a row now. Turnbull into a Caulfield Cup and looks good going into the Melbourne Cup. So does Anthony Van Dyke, um, and a lot of the horses will go into the Melbourne Cup from there. Now, the other big race of the day was across the border in New South Wales where they were lucky enough to have crowds, uh, and that was the Tab Everest that was ran over 1,200 metres at Royal Randwick. And it was won very comfortably by Classique Legend. Now, Classique Legend, you would have thought was Chautauqua in different colours because sat midfield, Turned for home, 300 out, said, see you later, boys. We're not going to be playing little Chasey anymore. I'm heading off. And he won comfortably by about three or four lengths over the rest of the field. Um, and it was just an absolute standout performance. Great ride by Kieran McAvoy, who has now won three of the four Tab Everest that have been run. 
And I think it is now, I believe it is the richest race on turf for sprinters. Um, in behind them, obviously, in behind Classic Legend Trekking, who has a run this weekend in the Manicato, and we'll talk about it in a minute, uh, ran on very well. So did a lot of other horses out of that race. Um, Behemoth ran all right. Nature Strip was gal- valiant again, leading from the front. Um, horses like Dollar for Dollar and that weren't really in it from the start, but I mean, they're there to make the numbers and that's all that matters and it makes what the Everest is today. So Classic Legend for Les Bridge, 82 years of age, now heads across to Hong Kong, I believe. The owners don't believe that Les Bridge will be able to train uh, Classic Legend to bigger and better things, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, he's trained this horse to a Group 1 to have Everest. Um, and it had never stepped out in a Group One leading up to, to in leading up to Saturday's Tab Everest, and then just romped them in. It was one of the best Everest we'll, Everest we'll see in a while. Uh, certainly the best of the four that have already been ran in previous history. So, uh, wishing the best to Classic Legend. I mean, it's a horse, so I can't wish it the best, but. To connections in Hong Kong, and it wants to. I believe it wants to travel the world. Well, I know it wants. There was an article that says that it wants to travel. The owners wanted to try and travel and challenge the best sprint races across the globe. So, best of luck to the owners with that, and congratulations has to go once again to Les Bridge at 82 years of age. An absolutely stellar training performance by the great man who I who won a Melbourne Cup back in the 80s i think it was so a while back long time between drinks but great to see him still working hard and he's a staple around the uh the hot box in the middle of the track at royal randwick uh for track work and i think everyone loves him around from what i've heard and what i've seen online and what i've seen at the track um everyone seems to love him he trains his horses to the to the minute and that was clear with classic legend um so Obviously, congratulations and looking forward to next year's running of the Tab Everest and to see which horses will be running in that again next year. So that'll be an absolute stellar one next year. Can't wait. Um, But I think that all but wraps up the Caulfield Cup and Everest wrap that I was going to go through. I don't think I can talk much more on the Caulfield Cup. It was a pretty easy run race, and I will talk actually a little bit more about it in the next segment, which is my ones to watch because there are a lot of horses coming out of that race um, that are my ones to watch going forward. I might actually just quickly highlight um, yesterday in my hometown of Geelong, the Bet365 Geelong Cup was ran and won by Steel Prince. Now, the... Geelong Cup has been used for many years as a way to get in for a lot of horses that are low on the order of entry into the Melbourne Cup. Um, so I will talk about that a little bit extra, a little bit more in a, the next segment as one of the horses that run in that is in my ones to watch list. Um, but yeah, Steel Prince won convincingly, uh, started favourite, beat out Le Dondeview and King of Leagrants, who's the track, trained at the track to the minute. It uh, was a very, very good Geelong Cup. Um, was good enough that there was a few owners from regional Victoria allowed on track. So that was really good to see. It was a very competitive race and 
I think a lot of horses coming out of that. I know Steel Prince will, will now look to go towards a Melbourne Cup, so will lay Dondeview and King Alea Grants, but I'm not sure. I haven't checked where they are on the order of entry, but I know obviously getting a win in the Geelong Cup for Steel Prince will do it. An absolute treat in moving up on the order of entry. So that'll be that was a great race to watch. And um yeah, I can't can't wait for next year's Geelong Cup when we can get on track and support. because uh, it's one of the best country cups that there is going around and they always get high caliber horses. So yeah, that will conclude segment number one. Welcome to the second segment of today's podcast, which is the ones to watch going forward um so this is where i pick a couple of horses that i think will go very well uh going forward from their runs over the weekend or over the past couple i guess two weeks i'd say um first horse on my list is avilius now avilius ran last week in the caulfield cup uh, obviously over the 2400 meters settled at the rear of the field which it always does uh, doesn't have the greatest gate speed um and when it turned for home it just did not seem to have a run. Like every little gap that Johnny Allen went for, it just could not get there. So uh, he would stick his head to a gap, it would close. He'd go back to the inside, it would close. Pull back to the outside, it would close. By the time that he actually got out um, and got some space um, and got some free air to let Avilius just open up and stride home, he, he did that. And don't discount that. He did that very well. He flew home in amazing sectionals, um, finished off in sixth, which does not reflect where he could have finished. If he had have opened up a gap and just gone straight away, which he was no fault of his own, it was very messy up front. Uh, Buckhurst was working uh, and squeezing out a lot of horses and causing a lot of interference, and obviously the leaders from the early stages were coming back through the pack. So there was just a lot of interference going on at the turn, head for home, and he just could not get a run. Obviously, it's very competitive route ones. Gaps just close like that. There's no no second guessing if you should go for a gap. If you see a gap, go for it uh, is what they always say. But obviously, <laughs> Johnny Allen saw a gap and couldn't go for it because they were closing on him. Um so yeah, that is my tip. So Avilius will go from this, we'll go to the Melbourne Cup. Uh, he is sixth on the order of entry, so obviously we'll get a run, given that James Cummings wants to give him a run. If he does, um, all going well, all going to plan, nothing goes wrong in the lead-up. So Avilius is the first horse on my ones to watch going forward because I thought it could have actually gone very close to winning the Caulfield Cup, if not placing, if it had got the runs. The second horse on my list is Finch, who also comes out of the Caulfield Cup. Um, ran on very well, was up midfield through the whole race and just settled nicely, ran very well, got to the turn. And as I said earlier, Buckhurst was working a lot of horses and one of the horses that was severely affected by Buckhurst shifting out for Ben Mallon underneath him was um, Finch, who was squeezed and just bumped, prodded, poked, beaten from pillar to post really on the turn. And Finch is a very wide opening horse. He's got a very big action. He likes to work into it, hit top speed and stay there. He doesn't have the greatest acceleration, but what he does have is he gets to top speed and he stays there. And he just keeps working at that and working at that. And a lot of horses will find that hard to run down because he just does not stop. He can go at top speed for very long distances. So he got to top speed, 
was looking like he was going to run on very, very strongly towards the end um, and then just caught, just got caught up in interference, checks from left, right, beaten from pillar to post and just dis- disrupted the, the rhythm. He still ended up running on to fifth, I believe, um, but could have done a lot better in the run if he wasn't checked. Um, and as soon as I saw this, I put it down on my list because I thought, geez, he's been really tough and really hard done by there. Um, he will go, obviously, for, he will go into the Melbourne Cup. I think he's sitting 20, I think I read it earlier, he was sitting 20th on the order of entry. Um, Finch is sitting in, where is Finch? I saw him before. He's sitting 20th on the order of entry. There we go. I was right. He's sitting 20th on the order of entry, which means he will get a run given all going to plan. Nothing jumps ahead of him and drifts him down the order. Hopefully he will get a run. Um, Ran last year in the Melbourne Cup, was the star waller horse of the field, and will be that again um, with the wide opening, wide strides that he takes. I think he's a very big chance in the Melbourne Cup and definitely – Look and put him in your black books going forward, even into next season uh, or next year. I'm not sure where he'll go after the Melbourne Cup, um, but certainly for the Melbourne Cup, put Finch in your uh, black book to have a look at and maybe have a little sling, but uh, not that I advise betting. The third horse and the final horse on my ones to watch does not come out of the Caulfield Cup. It actually comes out of the Bet365 Geelong Cup, which was run yesterday in my hometown of Geelong. Glorious Geelong Racing Club looked beautiful yesterday for the star-studded Best Country Cup, I would say, in the land. Le Dondevue is the horse in question. Now, Le Dondevue is a import that has come across and is now trained by the Anthony of uh, the Sam Freeman and Anthony. Um, oh, what am I trying to say here? Anthony and Sam Freeman, that's the words I'm trying to get out. He's trained now by Anthony and Sam Freeman over here in Australia. Ran second in the uh, Group 3 Geelong Cup. In behind Steel Prince. Uh, Le Dondeview probably led for 2,300 metres of the race and was just done late, very late, uh, by Steel Prince, who just had the turn of foot late. Um, a lot like Finch, Le Dondeview has the... Um, Gets to top speed and stays there, sort of form. Not the I have, not the I get to the three hundred and storm home. He gets to the eight hundred, hits top speed by the six hundred, and he's just going to stay there for the six hundred meters and just go. Um, good signs to see as well was when at around about the 280, 300 meter mark, King of Lear Grant straight up on his inside, Steel Prince straight up on the outside, and Ladonavu pin the ears back and stuck their head in front and really stayed on strong and just did not want to get beaten. Tried its hardest, fought to the line. Steel Prince just ended up having too much of a turn of foot and beat him, but it was certainly the most impressive run of the race. Um, put him in your black books. We'll go hopefully to the Melbourne Cup. He is currently out of the order of entry at 37th, but anything can happen. If it does get a run in the Corf- in the Melbourne Cup, certainly have a look at that one. If it does not make it into the Melbourne Cup, I'm sure they'll run it somewhere else. Um, so put it in your black books. Make a note, Le Dondeview is going to be an absolute superstar. So that just wraps up my ones to watch. So now moving on to 
the Manicato Stakes, the Group 1 Manicato Stakes to be run at Mooney Valley tomorrow night. So yes, the Manicato to be run over 1,200 metres on Friday night at the Valley, 8.45, race 8. Poor field of 11 with a very, very star-studded list of horses to be running and challenging for the Group 1 Manicato Stakes. Headlined by the Moya Stakes winner in Pippi, who won obviously last start out in the Group 1 Moya over the 1,000 metres at the Valley. Um will look very much better for the run. Looks a very, very good chance for this. Look, wins over a 1,000 metres at the Valley convincingly, stormed it past them and won very comfortably. Steps up in distance to the 1,200, but I don't think that's going to be much of a difference. Uh, Chris Ma has reassured the punters um, in an interview that it will not make a difference. She is training the lights out back at home. Um, and did some work over the course proper on Tuesday uh, with breakfast at the best and looked from all accounts very, very strong in the, hitting the line. So that was a positive to come out of that. Obviously, well, not obviously, but other horses in the race consist of Haydock at $10 who for the Tony and Calvin McAvoy yard. Luke Curry jumps back on board. The winning combination of two years back in the Manicato looking to win his second. Uh, Haydock's a very strong horse, will lead from the front. Um, Jumps from gate six, so it's going to be a midfield jump. It's going to have to kick early, try and grab the rail and lead. Um, I'll sit in behind the leaders, but more preferably lead um, and look to see it hitting the line strong late in the race. Dirty work comes out of the comes out of a 1,000-metre race, the Caulfield Sprint on the 10th of October. Um that's not the Godfrey Sprint, sorry, my apologies. But yes, comes out of a race on the 10th of October over the 1,100 metres along with a lot of these horses. Uh, was the winner on the day. Um, hit the line strong. Willie Pike whipped around the field late and got them. Obviously, he's not going to be able to do that in the straight here at Mooney Valley because it's such a short straight at only about 185 metres. Um, so he's going to have to make some work around the side past the school at about the 450 metre mark as they start to turn for home. Um, but will be hitting the line very strong. Um, if its last run over the th 1,100 metres was anything to go off, it will step up to the 1,200 and be very, very strong and very hard to beat. Obviously, uh, coming out of that race as well was Splintex, who finished in fifth, runs again in this. Uh, Auto Command finished at the end. Liar got caught up in the run. Um back in behind dirty work um, and diamond effort and then got into this clear and raced uh, away and obviously was not good enough on the day and only got fourth, but will be very, very good for a very long odds challenge for this race. Diamond effort who finished second behind dirty work also steps out again um, in this um, and will do, a very, very good job if it does. If its last run is anything to go off again, Brooklyn Hustle at $10 is a very, very good value bet. Uh, loves the track. Will do very good once again. Um, ran fourth in the Moya last start out. Won at start before that over the, I think, 1,100 metres. Um, 
sorry, was fourth last start in the Moya, stepped out in the Group 2 McEwen before that at Mooney Valley and ran third, and then the start before that uh, was over 1,100 metres at the Valley and ran first. Um, so obviously clearly loves the Valley. Mark Zara jumps back on board um, for the Manicato. Um and looks very strong at $10 odds. If you're looking for something with a bit of value, that is where the money should be going. But the will start favorite and is my tip for the Manicato this weekend is number one trekking for the James Cummings and uh, James Cummings stable. Johnny Allen jumps back on board, ran fourth in the weekend's Everest, just gone past in Randwick and is a very, very strong form, brings beautiful form into this race. Um, finished in second behind Pippi in the Moya. First uh, stepped out before, obviously, the Everest in the Moya and finished second behind Pippi. Uh, steps up to the 1,200 like it did last week in the Everest where it was beaten by just classic legend and nature strip better horses on the day. Um, best horse, form horse of the field, and certainly my tip for the Manicado to be run at 8.45 on Friday night at the Valley Race 8 over the 1,200 metres. Number one, trekking is my tip and we'll hopefully we'll salute with flying colours come 8.47 on Friday night. Moving forward to the Cox Plate, um, star-studded field of 14 to run in the Cox Plate. It's about time we got another stacked field um, after the, <laughs> not humiliation, but seeing Winks win four in a row and having fields of about six the four years or three years straight was a little bit uh, disheartening to watch because you knew who was going to win the whole time. So it's great to see a full field once again, uh, like we saw last year with Lee Grishur, uh saluting. But Lee Grishur obviously will not run this week. And so some of the horses in the race to look for, Sir Dragonite, the import for the Kieran Ma and David Eustace Yard. Glenn Boss will come across to take the ride. Stepped out last time at Curry over the 12, uh, 212 metres and ran second, very, very strong second from what, all accounts and has been training the absolute lights out at the Werribee International Horse or Equine Centre, whatever they call it over there. Uh, has been training very well from all accounts along with another horse in the race, Armoury for Aidan O'Brien, stable Ben Mallon will jump on board after his ride on Buckhurst in the Caulfield Cup, which is a little bit dismal. Uh, stepped out over 12, uh, 2,012 metres as well, but this time it was at Leopardstown uh, for this for Armoury. Uh, ran third once again from all accounts. He's absolutely training the lights out uh, at Werribee. Um, and... Will go close to saluting late in the day. Has won, obviously, uh, obviously because we don't know what it's like in Australia, but it's started 11 starts for four first, two seconds, three thirds. Uh, so will be a very, very strong horse finishing off to the line. Has run over bigger distances as well, so does have the fitness to match, but it will just be a, a more of a bet on what he will do being racing in Australia first time out. In behind there will be Pro Beal, uh, Proper Beal for Kieran McAvoy. Jason Richards will tr will train one last start out of start out over the sixteen hundred meters in the Epsom and won its race before run its start before that in the Ritchie. 
um, beating out Brandenburg and Cuba before that, and then beating Funstar and Riadini in the Epsom. Steps up to the 12, uh, 2,000 metres, which is a bit of a query, um, but should be very, very strong. Um, earmuffs will go on pre-race, the nasal straps on, the crossover noseband, the blinkers did work last time, so he will be wearing the blinkers once again. He obviously has the tongue tie and a lugging bit once again, um, so a lot of gear to be put on Probabile. Um, swords uh, step out at... Not step out, but it's warm up at Mooney Valley on Tuesday. I saw that in a video that Craig Williams posted. He was riding Humidor, who I will reflect on later because he's my tip of the yard. But Probabile looked very strong hitting the line on Tuesday morning in its trial on the course proper at Mooney Valley. Um, and will be very, very good to watch over this weekend in the Caulfield, uh, in the Cox Plate. Um, obviously, to highlight the two favourites to come into the race will be Arcadia Queen and Russian Camelot, who will start favourite, I presume. Last start ran at um, what's it called? Last time ran at Caulfield in the Caulfield Stakes. Arcadia Queen knocked off Russian Camelot at very short odds. Uh, it was a beautiful match race to watch. Um, Arcadia Queen just ran better. Russian Camelot obviously did not have, didn't have his best day, um, and will bring a hopefully will bring a better run this weekend over the twelve to, uh, over the two thousand and forty meters, uh, which won't be a query for both of them with them both winning. Well, obviously Arcadia Queen winning over the two thousand meters and Russian Camelot coming second. Um, so they will be probably your favourites, and I think where the money will be going. But my tip for this weekend in the Cox Plate. And I know it is going to be weird and everyone's going to be like, Robbo, what are you doing? But my tip is actually going to be Humidor. Um, he is at very long odds of $20, but I just think has been very good in this prep, stepped out in the in the Caulfield Stakes, obviously behind uh, Arcadia Queen and Russian Camelot, where he ran third and a very good third, has ran in many Cox Plates before, finished off, a very close second behind Humidor, uh, not Humidor, behind Winks in her third Cox Plate. And I just think he can deliver something similar. I saw his video that Craig Williams posted when he worked him on the course proper Tuesday morning at the breakfast at the best over the two over the 1,200 metres. Hit the line strong, settled well down the side um, and then picked up the bridle and really raced away and looked, showed good turn of speed. Um no, it will run the trip. Obviously, it's a great horse. He's a valiant. He's run over bigger distances. So I think at long odds, Humidor is my tip of the Cox Plate. So obviously, anything can win it. It's a Cox Plate. It's a big weight for age. So it's a fair race. Um, anything can happen. But my tip for the race is Humidor. So that is what is going to be the rundown for the Ladbrokes Cox Plate to be run at 4.15 on Saturday at the Valley. Probably won't be on a good four because there is expected thunderstorms Friday night and then rain to come on Saturday. So should be probably running on a soft track, but will not make much of a difference. Humidor will still salute um, come 4.20, we'll say. Um, give some, Give or take some time. So moving on now to my last segment of the podcast, which will be the new segment, Battler's Tips. Battler's Tips. 
So this is the final segment of the Racing with Robo podcast, and this is going to become a normal thing. So I will be bringing, basically what Battler's Tips is going to be is I will be giving a tip that I think will salute in a race other than the big races on the weekend. Um, and the one that I will be doing for this weekend is Incredulous Dream from the Ma and Eustace Yard. Ben Mallon will jump on board. One convincingly over the 1,400 metres at Caulfield on the 17th of October, beating out some very strong horses in Yes Baby Yes and Rain Beal, um, who come up against Yes Baby Yes runs in this as well. Um, Thermosphere also ran in that race for a sixth, but Incredulous Dream at $7, race number four at 110, race number four, number four, Incredulous Dream is my battler's tip for the day. And in battler's tips, I will be either getting a tip as well. I will be adding in a tip from my mother, Lisa, or if Lisa does not deliver, uh, I have another mate, Harrison, who believes he is the greatest punter in the world. He will be giving me a tip, so it will either be Lisa or Harrison for the second tip in battler's tips. And what Lisa has given me, for her battler's tip for the first week is she has gone with a big one. She's gone for a trifecta in the Melbourne Cup. So this is a few weeks ahead, but she's, I don't know, she's giving me this tip now and I guess we'll go with it. Her uh, her battler's tip is a trifecta and the four horses she wants in her trifecta for the Melbourne Cup is Prince of Aaron, Avilius, Finch and Vow and Declare. So Prince of Aaron obviously ran third last year in the Melbourne Cup. Will go around again. Was a very, very strong uh, third last year and was very close to winning it. Avilius is who I put in my uh, ones to watch earlier. Thought it ran very well in the Caulfield Cup. Just got caught in behind the horses in the wall and just couldn't get a run. So that was a very good tip there. Finch obviously was in my ones to watch. Was checked heavily in the Caulfield Cup. Ran last year in the Melbourne Cup. Ran well. Ran well in the Turnbull over 2,000 metres. I think it will be very good. And Vow and Declare, obviously, don't have to say a lot, was last year's winner of the Melbourne Cup and looks to go two in a row. So, Battler's Tips, just to sum up for the second seg- – uh, the second – not the second one, what should I say? Battler's Tip, to sum it up. I have gone with Incredulous Dream in race four, number four, on Saturday at Caulfield. And Lisa has gone with the trifecta of Prince of Aaron, Avilius, Finch and Vow and Declare in the Melbourne Cup. So they are your battlers tips for this week. That will, I believe, yes, that will conclude this week's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to send me a a message on Facebook, Daniel Robinson, and give me some feedback, what you think on the podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. If you have any questions for me, um, I might be able to sneak them into next week's podcast or going forward. I might be able to sneak in a few pod, a few questions. Um, but I think that all about wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, gamble responsibly if you are going to have a bet this weekend. Thank you and good night.